Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. The night we met, I knew I needed you so. And if I had the chance, I'd never let you go. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Project Cheney. As always, I am Cheney. And I'm totally going to talk about Dirty Dancing first. But before I do that, how are you guys? How was your week? I hope it was good. I hope it was enlightening. I hope there was some little piece of something you can hold on to, to get you through to here. And maybe there'll be something you find here to get you on to the next thing because meeting up with you guys gives me my next thing. So thank you for listening. Thank you um, for all of your generosity. Thank you for your words uh, of encouragement and your stories that you send me. And I am going to do something better about organizing all of that and maybe start reading some of your letters here. Uh, Thank you guys for your reviews that you give me. I'm probably not going to read those here. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I'll have someone on one day and they can read my reviews, but I'm definitely not going to. Uh, But you guys are really awesome. And um, yeah, your support means everything to me. And it just lets me know how many amazing people there are, how you guys expand all over the world. And uh, the synchronicities that we're all sharing at the same time leads me to believe that more people are sharing them. And it's like, we're a web of love. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that I get to share my little piece of it. And uh, what you guys share with me, I try to share with everybody else or somewhere it is uh, my cup of water in my sightings movie. So it doesn't mean I'm not going to use it because I don't knock it over today. But I'm glad it's there and keep it coming. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that at projectchaney at gmail.com. You can find me at Project Cheney on Twitter. You can find me at Project Cheney on Instagram. Uh, I also am at Cheney underscore in underscore Wonderland on Instagram. And yeah, if... uh you feel like donating to the cause, um, you can do that at Project Cheney at Cash App or uh, Weakneck Baby at PayPal. And I am really grateful for the people who have done that too. And it's not necessary, but any currency is appreciated currency. I've gotten some really awesome gifts and uh, some really cool uh thoughtful things. So anyways, yeah, thanks you guys. I have like the coolest audience in the world and 
I'm appreciative and it keeps me filled. And so I hope something that I give you here helps keep you filled. Anyways, let's get to dirty dancing. I've probably talked about this before. If you've heard me on other podcasts, I know I've definitely talked about it. Uh, I bring up dirty dancing because in our age bracket, it was this huge movie that was kind of impressed upon us as this staple. And I always talk about how we're like groomed as an entire society. And dirty dancing is one of the movies that does that. Uh, we can start with the obvious that Jennifer Grey was like 15 or 16 years old. We can say that her nickname was Baby, which is rather creepy. Um, Patrick Swayze's character, Johnny Castle, was a lot older. Uh, and the whole entire movie's premise that I think a lot of people forget is that it's built around a girl getting an abortion and then getting a horrible infection, you know, bleeding out and the dad, the doctor has to come and like help. And they're trying to raise money for the abortion, blah, blah, blah. But the whole entire movie is centered around the trauma of this, uh, unwanted pregnancy and then everything that comes to pass because of it. And now I've had the time of my life. But I just think it's interesting how these little things, like we don't even notice that part in Dirty Dancing when you're really thinking about it, explaining it to a friend and, you know, the be my baby and the doing the lift in the lake and, you know, all these really sexy things. And hey, Sylvia and yes, Mickey. And but yeah, that's a child and that's a grown man doing that. And um, this young girl's innocence is kind of lost because of this whole uh, abortion. And it's, doesn't, it's not even her abortion. And then separately, you have the sister who is just playing a part to hook up with the guy who's just sleeping with all of the girls, but it's actually his kid. But he's like the rich guy at the country club, but he's still a worker at the country club. I don't know. It's a crazy movie. I just think all movies should be dissected that way. Like, what are they really trying to impress upon you that isn't necessarily the narrative of the movie? Like, if you were to look up what the movie Dirty Dancing is about, is the word abortion in there? But I would say it's one of the stars of the movie. Um, yeah, that's all my list of things to talk to you about. I know, and I'm going to read my note to you what it says, too because <laughs> some people think that's funny. It says dirty dancing movie creeps baby abortion, but they're both written in separate periods. So I knew I wasn't just talking about like, why would I write baby abortion anyways? So other movies that I uh, think people should get into, I was thinking this is kind of a lady tip out there. This is for the ladies. If your man is into superhero or action movie at all, and you find that you're leaning into conspiracies, you can sit down with him and find a common ground in all of the Avengers and uh, Captain America, Thor. Uh, maybe you could even sit down, I would say like Wonder Woman maybe has a lot of uh, ancient Greek uh, symbolism and stuff in it. But I would definitely just stick with the 
Avengers side. Stick with Iron Man. Stick with, uh, th there's like time travel over there. Uh, tons of CIA stuff. Tons of stuff on Antarctica. Tons of stuff on uh, Paperclip. And I just wanted to give that tip to the ladies out there that maybe you could find a common ground. And instead of watching this movie for like the same way you might get entertainment from other things, maybe you could just do it as a dig and uh, maybe take notes during it to keep yourself entertained. But I actually think some of those movies are entertaining. And if you don't already watch them and you find them annoying or I, there are far too many of them by far, but just... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of truth and plain sight in those movies. <clears throat> so I just wanted to suggest that maybe check them out. Um, I know not everyone's a comic book nerd like me, and I'm always kind of floored with how much real-life information they're shoving in these things. Uh, um, so we have the Texas governor banning mandates in the state uh, by all entities. And so I think this is a really awesome Governor Abbott you know, Governor DeSantis, Governor Abbott, we do, we hear all this bad stuff. We, we get all this, uh, you know, Cuomo takes all this shine and we really need to be touting off the states that are doing the right things and, uh, flipping it in the opposite direction. And any win is a good win. And I just wanted to give kudos to Texas for showing up. I've been hard on Texas and I realized part of the reason I was hard on Texas is because I, I, I'm as shocked as anyone that Florida was like the state that held strong as long as it did. I always thought it would be Texas. I don't know. Texas just seemed the most American, American state. So I love, love, love this. And this needs to happen more and more and more. Um, in my, well, I'm going to stay in Hollywood. Uh, Dave Chappelle had a Netflix comedy special come out and everyone's giving him praise because he said anti-trans shit. And this is the same reason everyone holds strong to Joe Rogan is they're like, he said anti-trans shit though once, but he said anti-trans shit though once. And I just think that's all part of the they're going to have some people that say the anti-trans shit that are still controlled op and still shills because eventually the goal is for us to have no pronouns. It's not for us to have 400 pronouns. So there needs to be these people that keep holding the strong end of the, um, this is ludicrous. This is ludicrous. This is ludicrous. So they're like to appease everyone. Let's just call everyone. They, them robots. You know, like it's really just all about transhumanism over the trans agenda. And so I just I don't trust Dave Chappelle if he's a gray hat, maybe. But he just leaned so harsh into the BLM. He is one of the first people to, uh, you know, when he sat on the Oprah's couch, I felt like everything he said on that interview is very true. I did see them roll him. I do think any time a black man gets power in Hollywood, they do this kind of thing if they can't control them. And I do see how he stood up against Hollywood. And then they were just like, boop, he's crazy. Look, he's going to go to Africa. Look, he's uh, just completely lost his mind when we know that wasn't the case at all once he sat on Oprah and really explained it. And Dave Chappelle is actually one of the first dudes that really outed the black man and address thing and the power 
uh, that Hollywood uses in shaming uh, the strong black man by putting him in a dress. And uh, so, yeah, I'm on the fence with Dave Chappelle still. Um, I mean, time's going to tell for everything. But uh, that happened this week, as well as uh, people are giving Joe Rogan credit for standing up to Sanjay Gupta. <sighs> it just feels like WWE wrestling when they're sitting there on these main platforms and then Twitter makes it the number one trending story. Like we put it there when who's, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Is everyone listening to Joe Rogan on Spotify? Cause I don't know anyone listening to Joe Rogan on Spotify anymore. When, if you would have talked to all of us, you know, this time last year, everyone watched every single guest on Joe Rogan. We all knew everything. Like it was Netflix. It was the water cooler conversation, but I don't really know anyone that's followed him over to Spotify. Um, yeah. So I, I've seen these Sanjay Gupta clips and I've seen people kind of pick them apart. And Sanjay Gupta has literally been in movies. He, I, he talks to Anderson Cooper. He is on board with Dr. Fauci. There is no reason to have him on at all. He is a CIA shill, just like us, everybody else seemingly on Joe Rogan's guest list. I, I don't understand. So sitting there and be like, no, we're going to stay on this. Isn't this a lie? No, we're going to stay on this. And the ivermectin, isn't this a lie? No, we're going to stay on this. What in the horse thing and the horse thing and the horse thing. And it's just like, yeah, but look how much more we need to talk to Sanjay Gupta about. Look how much more of the beginning of this whole entire thing we need to talk to him about. Why don't we just pick apart everything Sanjay Gupta said from the beginning? Let's talk about Sanjay Gupta and masks. Let's talk about Sanjay Gupta and Vax. Let's talk, talk about Sanjay Gupta and Zika. Let's talk about Sanjay Gupta and Sir, SARS or MERS or anything. Sanjay Gupta is a shill shill. He's, he's Neil deGrasse Tyson. So Joe Rogan sitting there and even validating that this guy's a real doctor is the same as him validating that Neil deGrasse Tyson is a real scientist. It's this bullshit narrative that him sitting there at all and arguing gives Sanjay Gupta credence. So after I said his name so many times, I have no idea what I'm saying out of my mouth anymore. Is his name Sanjay Gupta? <laughs> Who am I even talking about? Anyways, <laughs> it sounds like what am I? Can I get? No, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, Joe Rogan's a trigger. Uh, I think he normalized the PCR tests. I think he, every single day, every single person on his show. Yeah, I get four of these a day, you guys, because I'm a real man. And I, all men, for some reason, put Joe Rogan on some bullshit TRT hot dog neck pedestal that they're like, look, he's alpha. Joe, Look how hard Joe Rogan kicks a bag. Look, get me that fact, young Jamie. Like, ugh, Joe Rogan's the worst, 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 worst. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> um. I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle to Joe Rogan because they always tour together. It's a thing. Okay. It was Columbus Day. That's one of those definites they've done to us, right? <laughs> I know I've talked about that of recent. Where they're like, teach you something, any one thing, just so 10 years later they can call you a racist, a sexist, a homophobe or something for have learning that fact once, but they were the one that taught you that fact. 
and they taught you the fact because really you were going home with a different information than your parents had learned 10 years before that. And so now you were just a little dickweed fighting with them and a little dickweed. And now you were going to be set up to be the dumb one. But it's all just to separate the generations. And that's why the whole educational system, the whole entire thing, the same way as all the vaccines, all the public schools is garbage. All the vaccines are garbage. Like people are all talking about government-mandated masks and it's like, well, you have government-mandated education and it's garbage and no one's been talking about the holes in that for years. <laughs> it's like, how much stuff is the government mandating you that is equivalent to the stupidity of standing six, six, six feet apart from your fellow patron at the Safeway or at the Fred Meyer or at the Publix? Yeah, I just think... We've had our, we've all been chewing grass for so long and with our heads down and they've just been convincing us uh, to chew our own fear and allowing them to keep us safe. I, w I wish I remembered what movie it was in. I feel like it was some Mark Wahlberg movie for some reason. And it was like, anytime the government tells you they want to keep you safe, run. And I really get that vibe. <clears throat> uh, 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 uh. Speaking of the masks, how much dental side effects do you think there's going to be from wearing a mask? Do you think people are going to have a lot of tooth decay? Do you think there's um, going to be like a certain amount of extra acid that sits in the mouth or that breathing in um, your recycled air does? Just another thing to throw out there of why you should not wear a face diaper. What else do I have on this side of the list? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you know, an interesting thing. You know how everyone has a scent and certain families have a scent and certain households have a scent. Like my sister smells like the freshest laundry hung in the sun dried and like folded and put in a linen closet on a, in a vacation villa. That is what her house and her have smelled like my whole life. I don't know what it is. Like once she separated from our house, she got her own smell and her, all of her clothes and all of her couch. Like I got a chair from her once and my house smelt like her for like six months. And it was just lovely. Like she just has this lovely smell. It just is very homey. It smells nurturing. It smells uh, clean. <laughs> Do people in your life have smells? And can you describe them? And like my sister has this very lovely smell. But sometimes people have a very awful smell. Like I do not understand walking into a grown person's house and it smells like cat piss. I can't fathom the reasoning behind it. Your cat has a UTI. You need to change your litter box more. Uh, your uh, cat's looking at cats outside and you need to put fog glass on your window because they're feeling a necessity to spray in your house. I don't know. There is a reason, but a grown up should not have a house that smells like urine in any way, shape or form. Like that is just, and then, then it becomes their like, is that your permeating smell? Like, can, I can't be in your house like that. But then there's also like, I've gotten into people's cars where like maybe they smoke cigarettes 
And so they have one of those air fresheners hanging in their car. And it's like Dracar. <laughs> Dracar, but it's spelled C-A-R. <laughs> or it's like a cherry. And it just looks like a big cherry. But you get in the car and you're like, oh my God. God, I'm having a download right now that that's why dogs keep their head out the window of a car. Like whatever the smell is in a human car, that grease they wipe on the dashboard or those things hanging from the windowsill are clipped into your air vents. Uh, Dogs must be like, good God, I'm dying. I have a dog migraine. Uh, I have to keep my head out the window. That's how I feel in some people's cars. And sometimes that smell permeates them where I'm like, no, just smell like cigarettes, dude. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Um, some people have this really great smell of like the perfect amount of marijuana mixed with their scent in an oil. Anyways. Yeah. I was thinking about like good and bad and like pheromonally. Um, like I'm a lesbian. So like scientifically, pheromonally, we, you know, we're attracted what I would gather for breeding purposes, but I am not attracted to the scent of men. I'm attracted to some men colognes, uh, but I'm not attracted to like the smell of a man. And, but I know women, like I have a lot of great lady friends and they are, they love the smell of their, like not just their, their man, but a man, like there's like a, there's a difference in the smell. And, um, I also know ladies that they're like, Oh, I can't stand the smell of other women. Like, so I just think it's a really, uh, interesting stuff and what you guys thought about that. And, uh, what of these in the same way as the stuff we like of, you know, colors or hobbies or, you know, TV shows, are we programmed with certain scents that we don't even realize? Like from fabric softeners when we're young to uh, something that's underlying in the paint on the walls, how they say there's like flashing behind the TV screen that puts in like this coded message that we don't even realize is going into our head. Like, is there something in other stuff they do to us that implants certain sense? Cause I would say, you know, in the sage or, uh, other herbs that are burned, scent must be an important part of energy and ritual. It's one of our senses. So just, uh, something I was thinking about this week. I want to talk to you guys about Game of Thrones one day. I really want to go into, there's so much to geek out on it. They, Game of Thrones is one of these examples to me of uh, Handmaid's Tales, one of the, the, these examples. Um, there's just certain things they take that an author has a certain story and they do little tiny things in that story to change the whole meaning of the whole entire thing. And Hollywood does this. They take something that let's say you were an author and you got a direct download from source to write this specific tale. And you might not have had everything right, but there was something about the journey and maybe some facts that came directly from our collective. And then Hollywood doesn't want us to have certain of those secrets so they take that or they don't want us to have this certain energy at the end. So they take it and then they mold it into their thing. And the Game of Thrones is just a, 
there's just so much about it that is, it rings too true with everything that we're going with now. And I don't think it was supposed to end that way. I, just what they told me, the Khaleesi didn't have three dragons to have three dragons. Every dragon has a dragon rider. Anyways, I could go into the Game of Thrones. I could rewrite the whole entire thing. Uh, I could give you better stories at the end. The number one thing I would give the Game of Thrones is I believe they had the best villain of all time, of all time on any TV show, on any movie. And I think Cersei Lannister was brilliant. And everything they did with her to build her up into like this most hated thing, even down to her getting taken over into the dungeon and having her shame, shame, shame. Even that walk to make your heart kind of feel for her again. It was so brilliantly done. One of the things that pisses me off the most is when anything takes a villain and doesn't give them the perfect death. Like the perfect villain, the better the villain, the more perfect romantic death they, they deserve. <clears throat> in my opinion, to write a real story. So her like dying with Jamie Lannister in the dungeon getting crumbled by rocks is hashtag the worst, worst, worst cringy thing. It's just the worst. And uh, I should say, spoiler alert, if any, can you imagine if somebody wrote me and they were like, Chaney, you ruined Game of Thrones for me. <laughs> um, but uh, in my head, I believe Sansa should have killed Cersei. And I believe the Game of Thrones really was always about Sansa and Cersei. It was set up to be about them from the beginning, in my opinion. So if you guys ever want to geek out, maybe I'll... Uh, have like a separate thing sometime for Game of Thrones and we can just chat room it up somewhere and totally nerd out if you guys are into it. Because I have realized uh, like sometimes I'll get deep into something like Westworld or deep into something like Game of Thrones or deep at, like we should pick one of these series and kind of all watch it around the same time and then chat about it somewhere if you're into that sort of thing. So uh, for sure let me know what you guys think about that. Um I also want to have another, I'm going to get into the Podesta art actually a little bit right now. I think a lot of people, a lot of us out there in the world of uh, conspiracy, we know this shit. Like We're like, oh, Tony and John Podesta, blah. But I think sometimes it's been so many years since the core of that Pizzagate scandal and the core of that whole thing since we've really hashed it out and talked about it, um, that I, I don't think it's bad for a refresher. So Tony Podesta is a lobbyist. He is, um, he worked for the Podesta group and John Podesta worked for like the DNC, the Clinton foundation really closely and Hillary. You guys some of these facts, I'm not looking this up anywhere. So, so some of this stuff might be, you know, hit or miss fucked up. 
Uh, so, you know, as always, feel free to fact check me. Do not believe me as your Bible. I do not want to be your cult leader. Look it up for yourself. Uh, but take some of these rabbit holes and somewhere along the way, um, there is truth there and you can definitely find more and better, more intelligent, more well-researched people to follow on each one of these subjects. I'm just like a Jane of, uh, like, like I have a, uh, like a little pickaxe. But there's other people out there with huge shovels in each one of these subjects, and you can find them if you look. So, um, or I could even send you, if you're interested in anything I ever talk about on the show, I can send you to somebody who, or a podcast I've listened to, or somebody who nerds out on it that can give you so much more information. But uh, so these two creep shows uh, just went about life, you know, cutting their one finger following Marina Abramovich, uh, getting art that is literally uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's would sculpt humans in a way that he would cut their heads off and uh, lean them all the way back in a certain pose. And uh, Tony Podesta actually has a bronzed statue of one of those hanging in his house. The creepiest thing is somebody says it's John Podesta and there's a video and it may be in a bathroom filmed. It may be outside a tent filmed. I don't know why, but the resonation of truth that it's really him after all the times I've heard John talk and all the times that I've uh, found this video again in my research. And if you've heard this video, it's haunting and it's sadistic and it's John like yelling at this little kid pretty, or I'm sorry. Yeah. John yelling at this little kid, like pretty much screaming in the most amount of fear. And, uh, WikiLeaks comes out and it releases a whole bunch of Podesta emails and DNC emails and Hillary emails. And we find all these connections um, after they also release a whole bunch of FBI code about pedophilia and human trafficking. And so the FBI code that's released, that's where you see pizza means this, hot dog means this, Pasta means this. Ice cream means this. Walnut sauce, sauce means this. And um, once this code's found, then when people start looking up the communication between Obama and Podesta and Hillary and, you know, these people, and they're seeing who they're all communicating with and spending $60,000 on hot dog parties. And it sounds crazy ludicrous to somebody who's new to the game to think, oh, so you're telling me um, higher up politicians are having, uh, you know, crazy pedophile Saturnistic parties at the White House. And I'd be like, yes, they definitely are. And if you don't think this is definitely not the first time you could look into the Franklin scandal and you could look and to maybe even Boys Town, and there's even uh, rumors uh, about the Finders uh, cult, I, I believe, in Florida being attached to politicians. So it wouldn't be the first time, even in our history, that it's 
been talked about. It just keeps getting buried that no one brings it up. Any, It's just called a conspiracy theory. So all this stuff kind of gets released at the same time that people are going through and highlighting these emails and highlighting weird, uh, you know, conversations between John and, uh, you know, his brother. And you can still find all this stuff on WikiLeaks. And it's really easy to search. And uh, yeah, the facts are kind of out there. The pictures are out there. You can search all this stuff on Google. You don't even have to search on DuckDuckGo. And uh, I mean, you can go as deep as you want. But the politicians of our country and the fact that all this has been shoved under the rug. This is why um, Julian Assange matters so much in the whole thing still. This is why WikiLeaks matters so much in the whole thing still. This is why we still question who the fuck Jon Snowden is in the whole thing still. Um, I immediately questioned Jon Snowden or Edward Snowden, I'm sorry, uh, because... He was on Joe Rogan with the clearest reception I've ever, ever seen and uh, quite ridiculous, quite ridiculous to me, um, that whole thing. So, um, yeah, all these people still matter. We still need to pay attention to Podesta. We still need to pay attention to Hillary. Um, I don't even know right now. I'm like, is Tony even dead or alive? I do not know. Um, but Tony Podesta is also to me, one of the weird guys who he looks kind of like Hillary Clinton's brother. And he also kind of looks like Epstein when they always would show that picture of Epstein from the side in his cell. Uh, I always thought they would creepily looked alike. Anyways. So there is some Podesta, stuff. Um, James O'Keefe still at it. I don't want to talk about James O'Keefe anymore, but I will say that if you want to catch my, um, mug anywhere this week or next week, or whenever you listen to this, I was on my Maria 777's YouTube channel. Uh, she did her first live video on there and I got to hang out with her so if you want to hang out with us while we just kind of run through our train of thought of the stuff we were talking about in the week, go over there. Um, I'm trying not to regurgitate too much of that stuff here that I talked about over there. Uh, but it was a fun conversation as always. And if you haven't already, check out My Maria 777 show. Uh, it is worth it and fun and all that jazz. Uh, uh, um. So the some three-letter organization came out this week and told Americans that a daily aspirin, don't take it anymore. Don't take it anymore, you guys. That's bad science. <laughs> so for 30 years, they've been telling Americans to take a daily baby aspirin or daily aspirin to lower their blood pressure. And... Nobody thinks it's ludicrous that we're talking about this vaccine clotting us up. And they're also the news is telling old people to stop taking their baby aspirin or their aspirin. 
So something that thins the blood that they've been taking every day for however many years the doctor's been telling them to take it. And they're injecting something that we think clots the blood. And the news is telling them to not take the other thing. I wonder if one has something to do with the other. Do you remember at the beginning of all this, before COVID even started, at the beginning of, uh, or end of 2019, they told us that our new body temperatures were like 97.7 because human beings over the last hundred years, inflammation as a collective have all gone down. And so our new body temperatures were 97.7. And then a few months later, they come out with a virus that they were trying to put a gun at all of our heads and we weren't going to be allowed into places if we had a quote unquote low fever. So if they, as a collective, lowered the temperature to 97.7 or 98.2 or whatever new thing a three-letter health organization decided it was, so if we would have all been walking around with our normal body temperatures, temperatures would we have at our 98.6, would we all have then had low, low fevers? They're just, they're some fuckery. They are some fuckery. And it was kind of making me think, you know, if we were talking about brainwashing of things we all did and if everything's backwards and if everything's the upside down, around the same time we were all watching Dirty Dancing over and over and over and over again, we were also all inundated. At the same time, D.A.R.E. was in all of our schools. We were inundated with heart association, lung association, cancer association. We were inundated with those things, with pamphlets, with stickers, with t-shirts, all to make our parents stop smoking, all to make sure we didn't smoke. And, you know, I think cigarettes were just the Lee Harvey Oswald of cancer. And I kind of think it's funny, uh, (laughs) in the whole, we probably should be smoking tobacco. They probably don't. It's probably tobacco is 100%. I would just guess. I'm not a scientist. Don't come here for medical advice. But I believe marijuana is an expectorant. I believe tobacco is an expectorant. And so I believe if you were to walk around and breathe in any harmful chemicals, it would kind of wrap it up like a poopery in your lungs and you'd cough out like shit. And, uh, yeah, your body has a funny way of getting rid of things. And sometimes with medicinal medicines, things that grow on the earth, it does those things. So I think it's interesting that they wanted everyone to stop smoking. And probably it was never the tobacco. We can all agree. It's never been the pot. It's never been any of probably the things that grow around. It's whatever it is they're doing to them that's making it all fucked up. Uh, and then I want to have, um, this is my racist. It's not racist. What it would be the term that I'm going to put on this? It's an assumption. People that smoke American spirits wear masks. It's just a type of person. It's just what I'm saying. If you smoke American spirits out there and you don't wear a mask, feel free to 
yell at me. <laughs> um, what is this note on here? I don't even want to read it out loud. I don't even know what it says. Uh, the airlines, I don't even know. DDD. Okay. I was also thinking that the evil powers that be, the evil they, couldn't ever take us over in time until now. They had to wait till now until we all would allow a tracking device into our hand and a black mirror in front of our face to really take us over. Otherwise, we'd always be able to get away. Like we'd always be able to find other land. We'd always uh, just continue to venture outward. It's taken maybe until now for them to triangulate us all in. And they would, they were like never able to do it with actual borders as much as they try. Uh, but they're able to do it with this technology and then feeding us the fear on the technology. Yeah, who knows? Another philosophy I've been going about or going over this week in my head is uh, the symbolism of sports teams and how much, you know, I was looking at those Chicago Bulls, one of the oldest, uh, you know, the, the inversion of things is if you take the Chicago Bulls logo and turn it upside down, it looks just like a robot reading a Bible. It's just such a, I don't know, people have said it looks like a million other things, but to me it's a robot reading a Bible or something of that nature, but it just is a very transhumanism look at the world. And uh, it's, it's to me it's frightening It's and it seems intentional. But, uh, and maybe it's a pareidolia. I'm open to that too. But uh, I was wondering the symbology of all the sports teams and like the reason they pick their names and what it means maybe for certain uh, ley lines or certain God worship that we don't understand. Like today's Thursday, which is Thor's day. So back to the Thor of it all. We sure do pay a lot of uh, homage to like these sort of gods in our everyday weeks, in our everyday uh even our modern mythology, which would be comic books. So would the Ravens be a certain team to represent Thor? Or, you know, would the Pistons represent something specific? Because they do like that symbology too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Are they on specific ley lines? I think anyone who owns a sports team typically is a billionaire, which leads me to believe there are a certain class of people that's into specific things. I believe every stadium is attached to an underground tunnel system that nobody would know how somebody got in or out of it, really. Um, I believe it's big enough to hold huge rituals. I think it's funny that they're all covered with like fake grass, like an astroturf. That would be easy. Like we have no idea the symbology, the sigils, the energy that's under the field. These uh, chess pieces are playing on. And it's basketball, football, baseball, uh, all the sports, really. 
I just think it's a huge conspiracy. I think it's a big way you could not only uh, traffic children as sports teams travel, but you could traffic drugs and weapons. Uh, I think it's it would be very easy because of all the equipment to hide things in that, the same as a rock and roll band. I think you also push in the normalization of these sports to children. So it allows this underbelly of perverts and dangerous people to be around your kids. And not that all coaches are bad or sports systems are bad, but I just think it's, there's this Hollywood parent, this stage mom, dance mom type vibe that is with a lot of sports parents that they don't even realize that they're totally like John Benet Ramsey's mom too. Like they're totally pushing the, it might be cleats and a bat, but there's no difference of the makeup. You're like still pushing your kid into this really like pressure cooker and not that kids don't like that shit and not that social, uh, interactions are really good, but I just think the amount of adults that sometimes we just flippantly leave our children around in these kind of situations, um, is sketchy. And sometimes the people that are held on the highest pedestals and consider the considered the nicest man in town are the Jerry Sanduskies. So <clears throat> I don't know. Another idea I was thinking about this week uh, another sports idea I was thinking about this week, we were talking about golf courses and the amount of wasted land throughout the whole entire world that is these golf courses. And you would could also say kind of the same thing about sports teams, that who owns all these golf cor- courses, these country clubs, these places where the elite interact. Another thing you could easily say about golf courses is sometimes if you walk around far enough away from everything, no one can hear you. So you can actually have a private meeting because walls can talk and everybody knows that everything's bugged. So all these presidents and all these politicians and all these celebrities, I believe they're all having their real meetings on the golf courses but I'd also be real curious to what's going on underneath these golf courses. It's all untouched land for a reason. It's pristine. Some of it's the most beautiful walks you could ever take anywhere in this country. Anyway, I don't want to speak for everywhere, but when I see pictures, it looks pretty phenomenal. It's interesting how much unused land and then what happens there. It's quite an interesting little ritual golf. Just another fun, fun trade and hobby of the elite. I probably should have talked about this part when I was talking about Joe Rogan. I should have just led right into um, my on it disgust and uh, the InfoWars vitamins and all the amount of supplements people use and all the amount of dusts and unknown particles that are inside those two little gelatin shells and nobody knows what's in these things. Everybody's taking them. Like one of the huge things that came up in our generation, probably around the same time we were watching dirty dancing, all of a sudden on every corner was GNCs. Everywhere you looked GNCs. 
filled with supplements and filled with uh, vitamins and filled with all this nutrition that all of a sudden food wasn't giving us. We were literally living in a time where we were getting food from all over the world at our fingertips, at our grocery stores, more variety than we've ever had, but now we weren't getting enough nutrients. Now, um, you know, it was almost like the Arnold Schwarzenegger walked in that whole thing and then, you know, with his bodybuilding and blah, and then all of a sudden, boom, and then the halfway point of being this like gorilla grotesque person and look like you're inflated like him as Mr. Olympia or whatever, um, the middle ground of that and normal meaning meant we need a GNC. So I think we've all been kind of conditioned over the period of decades to think our, we can't get these ingredients from nature. And then, so we're just shoveling all this stuff into our body constantly that we have no idea what it is. We have no idea what the side effects are for these things. We have no idea if we need to take in tons more liquid. We have no idea if one's causing a side effect for the other, and then it's making us take another thing. Uh, I just think we're all on these really weird regimes, (laughs) regimens. Uh, I think we're all doing these really weird rituals that we don't really know why we're doing it. Like we're eating these three meals a day and we're eating at these specific times and, you know, we're taking our, you know, it's conditioning because Flintstones made a vitamin, you know, it's conditioning because they made it chewable. It wasn't because your kids were so malnourished. The same people that made this freaking chewable vitamin were the same people that tried to sell you that your tit milk wasn't nutritious enough. And they tried to sell you formula at the store. All the same people, all the same things. They're trying to convince us to get our nutrition from a capsule. They're trying to convince us to get our entertainment from a screen. They're trying to convince us to get our medicine from a tube. They're trying to convince us to get our health from a shot. They're just trying to convince us of all these things so they can put us right into our little deep sleep float tank DMT drip Joe Rogan world and we'll all just be easy batteries to keep in a perpetual state of sleep and fear for them to feed us off of us. And some people, I think that now, I'm like, yeah, they're walking around amongst me, but I don't feel like we're attached to the same thing anymore. I've used this analogy this week. And, you know, if there was a thousand of us in one of these super stadiums across the United States, and only two of us brought a baby, a two-year-old, only two of us, we, two of us and a thousand people, we each brought a two-year-old and we put that two-year-old's feet on the ground, both of us, out of all the thousand people in that stadium, those two two two-year-olds would run to each other. They would feel each other's energy in that room and they'd run to each other. Like they would know they were the same species. They would know they were the same thing. They would feel the vibe. Same situation, thousand people, two of the people get to bring puppies put them on the ground. Those two puppies feel each other. They run to each other. Two kittens, two whatever, two whatever. And somewhere that energetic feel, that's what they want broken. We used to kind of feel that. Like it wasn't just about two. We were like all humans. So if you put a thousand of us in the room, we would all feel each other. 
They don't want us to feel each other anymore. They don't want us to chant things like, let's go, Brandon. They don't want us to know that all of us are thinking the same thing and all of us are, you know, desperate for a little bit of daylight. Yeah. Anyways, one of the things I did talk about uh, on My Maria with uh, My Maria 777 with was uh, we, we talk a lot about Westworld. And uh, it's such a great show if you're into philosophy. And one of the things that the creator of Westworld, Robert, says is we can't define consciousness because consciousness does not exist. Humans fancy that there's something special about the way we perceive the world, and yet we live in loops the same as the robots in the park. And it's so true. We all kind of live in these loops. And they're these loops of kind of what for? And we're all guilty of keeping somebody else in their loop. And they're all guilty of keeping us in ours. And then the system that's been set up for us of fear and dictatorship has all been there to set up to keep all of us in this loop. And it goes back to, are you the creator of worlds or destroyer of them? Are you Maeve or Dolores? And I had the like headiest thought on my run yesterday And I was thinking, can you really create a world that isn't a cage of some sort? Is it possible to create a world for anything you love that isn't some sort of cage? And then in destroying that world, whatever it is, would you not just be breaking free of a cage? And it was just kind of a crazy idea, you know, to think how ugly some things maybe need to get so we'll break our own cage, like rattle our own cage apart, destroy our own complacency. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Let's see. Do I want to talk to you guys about anything else this week? It feels weird. Um, I am. I know I told you. <laughs> I, I rebooked again with uh, the... Uh, where's my book? I rebooked again with two of my guests. So I do have Marissa and Maddie still coming on. I am, uh, whatever I, I rely on divine timing. (laughs) A lot of you have, uh, given me some really great compliments to me and Caleb primal beast, uh, for that episode. You really enjoyed it. I still get shout outs for all the episodes, uh, no matter how old they are. And, I really appreciate it. I guess it's really not that old. We're just on this weird time loop. I've only been doing this show since April. 
<laughs> I've only been doing this show like a little over six months. So I guess it's nothing's old. Check all of it out. It's all worth the listen. One of the things I like so much about this show is I do talk about some uh, relevant things that are hot topic in the news, but I try to bring up some kind of idea or dissection on them. So it really doesn't matter if you're listening to it four months from now or four years from now, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so check out all my old episodes. My guests are pretty spectacular. If you, uh, are in love with anyone that you listen to or is an artist or a painter or a philosopher or um, a restaurant owner or an ex-soldier or survived trauma or uh, I don't know, anyone that you think I should talk to, feel free to um, hook it up. I told you how to find me. Um, do I want anything else? Do I want anything else just so I can feel like um, somebody said uh, when you're just struggling to squeeze out an hour, but this is actually the first time I look down and I'm like, okay, I would like to give you guys an hour minimum. So could I find something on this piece of paper to just prattle on in my brain about? And I bet you I can. I bet you I can. Okay. Friendships during coronavirus. Friendships because of Donald Trump. Friendships you have lost. Friendships heartbreak. So we have all been through it. If you are listening to this show, you have lost a relationship that meant a lot to you in the last few years, whether that was for liking a certain president or not getting a vaccine or not wearing a mask or having a differing opinion with somebody about uh, two buildings falling in Miami. I don't know. We are at this weird place in time where the people that are waking up are relying on their tools of discernment and their intuition and their this whole new set of tools uh, that feels awkward for them to use. And some of them are having callings and spiritual things put upon them to say things aloud that they never thought they'd stand alone and say the things they've said aloud. And it's been a lonely place to stand for a lot of people. And a lot of people that I care so much about out there, like they've lost marriages because of it. And some people have lost their very, very best friends because of it, like 20-year friends, 15-year friends, decade-long friends. Uh, definitely, yeah, motherfuckers have lost their jobs. Yeah, people have lost those material things too. But some people, like, couldn't go see their grandma and then their grandma died. Like, some people have traumas and pains and, you know, they had their nurse friend yell at them and tell them the what's what. And so they listened and then they didn't get to go see their mother in the hospital. And so the question I have is in all the friendships you lost, when those people, when all the scenarios I just gave you and all the 
faces that flashed in front of you um, that may ring true. Do you want them back? Do you miss those friendships? Do those people know who you are anymore? Have you been lucky enough to make new friendships? Do you have these like, are your new friendships more authentic even though the time that you've known the people isn't as long? Like, does it feel like condensed or something energetically? I'm curious to know uh, the relationships you built during quarantine, why you've been under house arrest, <laughs> why your country has had you under house arrest. Do you have friends in different countries, in different states? Do you have people that you've typed to for years and you've never heard their voice? Like for some reason they're tippy tap words give you some kind of comfort and you don't even know if they're a man or a woman if they're black or white or maybe even where they live I always think that kind of stuff is interesting like you could be talking to yourself sometimes like <laughs> what are you doing in there talking to my friend oh you're talking with your friend on the internet again Okay, just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. I don't know. It's kind of crazy in this like leveling up of where we're going and, you know, everybody will be 4D and 5D and 6D. And I don't know the lingo of it, but I know the reality, like the depths of it. I know how people feel different now. I know how some people just feel like they're going through the motions and will accept anything. I know how some people, I really stare at them and, you know, we're all standing in the same place right now. We're all standing in the same place, but some people I look at and I'm like, they would have gotten the shot. Like if push actually came to shove, that person would have gotten the shot. And it's not for me to judge but I guess it is for me to judge, right? We all have this feeling inside of us. My energy does something. My energy feels a way about certain people when they speak and feels another way about other people. Sometimes it's not the words that are coming out of someone's mouth at all. It's just a vibe of true or if somebody feels convicted. I don't know. I need to stop saying I don't know so much. I need to work at it. Because does anyone really fucking know? <laughs> there is people that write me about so much stuff that they feel like they know. People sending me pictures of Neptune being like, look, it isn't this beautiful. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that's real. I have to believe in a whole bunch of cartoons and a whole bunch of Nazi scientists for me to believe that's real. And I know not everyone that works for NASA is Nazis. But, uh... I know that everyone that works for hospitals aren't Nazis either, but it's not stopping them from injecting people with uh, poison. So um, I think those are the Berkeley experiments. You guys should definitely look those up. That's how quickly people will do things as long as authority is telling them to do it. It goes somewhere different in their brain so they can justify it to themselves that they're not actually hurting somebody. Um, somebody told them it was okay. 
And uh, that is how Nazi Germany happens. And that's how uh, I should, we should stop saying Nazi Germany. We should just start saying, and that's how, like, I don't even want to speak for every other country. We'll say like, and that's how the United States 2021 happens. Um, that's how the Biden administration happens. Uh, okay. Before I go, I'm going to leave you with my last Westworld uh, philosophy of the day. And it's from Maeve, who um, I fancy Maeve. I think her character is pretty dope. I think the put yourself back online, Maeve, and uh, her controlling inside the Matrix is a crazy concept. But the quote she says is, all my life, I've prided myself on being a survivor. But surviving is just another loop. I will leave it there. I love you guys. Um, I am working at getting some more guests. Feel free to help anywhere. I don't mind the micromanaging. I totally do. I will light you up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate it. I um, love doing this show. I am looking at Rockfin and YouTube and it won't be this. I don't know. Maybe it will be this. It, it, it could be this. I might do some kind of video part of this and have guests or do something different, but I am definitely going to do something completely different than this with friends. And uh, some of me might know, some of me you might not know. This feels like a sloppy show this week. See, I'm already having the imposter syndrome about it. But I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm sending it to you guys. You're going to get it. So this is sometimes how much of a show I've done. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't even know what I said on that. Let me just delete that. But it's fine. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. All right. Happy Thursday, you guys. Happy Thor's Day. I hope there was a tidbit in there. I hope maybe somewhere you laughed. Maybe there was uh, something that you found a little breadcrumb to. And maybe you will hit like, subscribe, tell a friend. And listen to me next week. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. So she has been Chaney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts.